0: Welcome everybody with another episode of our podcast and today we have Paul Clegghorn as a guest. Paul is the founder of Fit Expert of MyGhost Media of Authentic Social Consultancy and so on and so on.
1: Welcome Paul. Hi Stefan and everyone else out there. I hope uh, this podcast will teach you guys out there a little bit more about the industry because I have been in it since I was about 17 and I've seen it change. Um, I've been in San Francisco, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm hoping that I can take you through um, how I've survived in it because it's been difficult as you move along. And also to kind of maybe explain the type of person I am to give you people more inspiration that might not be from the right type of backgrounds, or you feel you're not from the right type of background to do this. Um, so, yeah,
0: because t- tell, tell everybody, Paul, where did it all start you said pretty early, right? Yes.
1: Yeah, so I had a, I was bought a Commodore 64 by my mother when I was uh, 14. So I started hand coding and playing Magic, uh, what was it, uh, Miner, Magic Miner or something it was called. Anyway, back in the day when it was all 8-bit um, little square dots put together but it was a brilliant time because uh, what people don't understand is uh, everyone thinks that the, um, we couldn't do certain things it's a bit like i think it's a bit like CGI and models which is the your brain makes up for a lot of things as long as you can tell a story and put the props there and it's the same as back in the day as long as you put the props there your brain kind of made the rest up so I started on the Commodore 64. I then uh, had an Amiga and, um, and went on to Amiga. Um, when I was 17, um, back in the day of 1983, there was no jobs. Margaret Thatcher was our, um, was our Prime Minister. It was quite a bad time all over the world. Then with Falklands, War, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I uh, decided that I kind of liked computers. So there was a YTS. And what a YTS is, is it, it's a bit like college, but you get paid. You get paid mm. a nominal fee, fee like twenty-five pounds, thirty pounds. In them days, would be about, I'd say, about hundred pounds now, just to keep you going, make sure you've got food, you can pay a bit of rent, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But it's for people that are from the 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 uh, how can I say it? The people that haven't got a lot of money the, from the poor neighborhoods. People like me, just so you know, as I've been in children's homes all my life. So we might as well start from there because this will then tell you a lot of the story. So I've actually not, I lived at home maybe now and again. My mum ran off a few times and I'm going to tell you this as well because I said to Stefan, I won't lie, is my dad was a big gangster and he sold drugs. So he was in and out of prison. I was put in children's own, uh, uh, So this will kind of, kind of encapsulate the story that you're going to get in the person that I am. So anyway, mm. so as these things were kind of going on, yeah, so, uh, as I said, is is that I kind of had to kind of look after myself. My mum ran away for the last time when I was 17. My brother was 16 and was still at school. I had to look after him. Everything was very, very difficult. Uh, it still is with me and my brother now. But anyway, so what then happened is I managed to get into these computers and kind of put my head really, really into design and kind of forget the outside world because it was just... Just a difficult time, but um, I always enjoyed computers. Always enjoyed the programming side of it um, because you got a reward. There was no, you didn't get. There was no Adobe back in those days, so you still got the reward of doing all the programming and that coming out. So I did that first. I then uh, um, that I then went to Desford College, as I said, and then I got, I had a um, three month contract to build the first educational piece of software, which was tenant joints. Everyone knows what tenant joint is. Um, you'll see, it if you look, if you've got a wood table, you'll be able to see it. And what I needed to do was teach kids how to do talent joints, and I actually made it animated on a BBC electron, so all the lines would come up like that, and yeah. they'd come up like that, and they'd build it all together, and this is before anyone knew about 3D. I was already in, so you know, I, I was already good at art at school. I was a good drawer, you know. I'm left-handed, by the way. I use the left side of my brain. Well amidextrous this is a good little story as well my dad is a black man and he doesn't believe he's very very strong on certain aspects of life which is you're the devil if you use your left hand if you've not heard this this is a big thing within uh christians is that if you use a left hand it's the devil's hand so he kept stabbing me in the hand with a fork so i'd use my right hand okay. i'm now ambidextrous. So I play games. I play games with that hand, and I design with that hand. So <laughs> it's quite a weird, weird how my brain works. Anyway, so anyway, so we kind of desperate. Anyway, then what happened then? And this has happened to me twice, by the way. Is that I left, tried to look for a job, no one wanted and i was in leicester if i was in london maybe a bit different or new york san francisco in then maybe i would have got something and what you got to think of is i do not know the right people i am at the bottom of the pile where i live is a ghetto i have no money i'm the bottom of the pile i don't know people to say well why don't we try this or why don't we start that you know so so what i then did is and also by the way is that then I was diagnosed with a rheumatoid issue, which is called arclone spondylitis. I wasn't diagnosed with it, and it's, it's quite bad. What happens is is that um, I, it is rheumatoid, I, I can get attacked, so it means I can't get out of bed. And it took seven years for them to then decide what the illness was. So what they then did oh. is they then gave me the proper medication, which is, you know, all these new rheumatoid drugs that everyone takes now. They weren't out before, but now they are. So now I could start getting back into work and as soon as they did that, I went straight back to college and I uh, did, uh, and I've got it written here, I did a A-level graphic design and just so you guys know, Adobe Photoshop 1 wasn't out quite yet, uh, so I was still doing gouache and painting and looking for light boxes. I don't know how many guys out there know what these things are, but look <laughs> online and you'll see. And again. It's about using these. Yeah, it difference whether I had the computer or not. I, I love doing. It. So I got an MVQ in media. So also I did MVQ in media studies, and I also did uh, GCSE photography. Photography, for some reason, all I need to do was that, and a, a brilliant picture had come out. So uh, it was kind of level running, and what on the MVQ, uh media studies. They had, do you remember back in the day when they had the DVD, you had the DVD maker on Apple, on Apple computers? It was a bit of software, it was a studio, it's called Studio Something. Anyway, Mm. within the two year course, they had these four to five weeks where you could use this software to build a DV, interactive DVD. Absolutely loved it. That's when I knew, hold on a minute, this is for me. Because this might help as well. I love science. I love I love the string theory. I love the theory that we might be simulation, anything like that. But I was brilliant at physics. I could get A-level chemistry. No, sorry. Yes, i got up to A-level chemistry and A-level, anyone in this country will understand that. That's a level that then you get on to go to universities, before university. But when I got up to the more difficult equations, because I'm dyslexic, I would spin up. So really, really difficult. So what I had to actually had to find is something that was um, really technical but also artistic, because I love science. I can take Mm. this pieces now and put it together. I know about AND gates and NOT gates. Anyone who does design, I bet you, any of the creatives, ninety-eight percent of creatives don't know what an AND gate and a NOT gate is. Do you know what an AND gate and a NOT gate is? Nope. It's how processors work. One's the zeros and ones. Yeah. Okay. Back, okay. Yeah. yeah. Back in the old days, it, because they call them gates, is because they were electronic gates. Yeah. 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 So when you built electronic signs to make things come on and off and make them flash, and gates are not gates. So mm-hmm. <laughs> weirdly enough, I know that as well. So yeah, but it's but for me, the internet was brilliant because it was about that. It's about uh, technology and it's about creativity and innovation. And I've always been one of them type of people, you know. I think I got it from my mom and my dad because they were always, although they were dodgy, they would, in a dodgy way, they would get the latest stuff out there. They always would. Um, so do you
0: think yeah. Paul, that 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 your story, that coming from that background, really uh, made you more focused on creating something really, yeah? I would almost say magical for the world, like creating products, like designing these products. Because you came from that background, or was it already inside of you?
1: Uh, yeah, because I was already uh, when I did design. I did sorry when I was at school. I did a lot of art and pottery, and I was doing sculpting. I was already drawing. Read two thousand AD comics, Marvel comics. I was drawing all that as well. So. Mm-hmm. I've always- Always been a bit of a creative, and always been interested in, in kind of that side of it. Also advertising, I love you know. Remember, I was at the Ridley Scott days with, with with Apple. You know, the first Apple mm. advert, and stuff like that, and aliens, and all that stuff. You mm-hmm. know, so it's the it's the brilliant the, the foundations of of how we move forward. Um, for me, also, so you know, the reason that I love the industry is at, at the beginning is because it didn't have the sociopaths or the idiots in it. So what happens now is we have corporations that are full of fucking idiots. allowed to where.
0: Yeah. for
1: god. Oh good. Yeah. Just, right. Because I'm going to really put you on it. Because what happens is, is uh, well, well, we'll get from the beginning. <laughs> so we'll get to that bit. So anyway, so so let me just get through this bit. So as I said, is is then I went to university. What are the only three? Um, weirdly enough, this is a good story for you as well, because this is, a, people say about destiny, I, I've had someone else who told me, because I I don't really believe in destiny or luck, the reason being is because I had a, a, an ex-girlfriend of mine, it was in, in America, and she stripped out, every time I said I was lucky, she stripped out why I wasn't lucky, and what the decisions I made was what made me, mm. don't say you're lucky, you're not lucky, what you did is you made a certain decision, when a path was put in front of you and you mm-hmm. made that right decision and that's what the benefits you should give yourself as an intelligent human being not mm-hmm. so hard looking no you didn't you made someone even if you find a 100 pa- 100 euros on the floor yeah 20 people passed it it's just that your eyes were looking and you got it it wasn't lucky it's, exactly. because it's about it's the action yeah exactly or because you're skint like I was back in there. was because you're always finding wallets, pulling money on the floor. I'm skin, I'm scanning everywhere at 60, <laughs> <laughs> just to make sure <laughs> anything could be anywhere at any point. You know, so so this is I don't believe in luck. So what happened is, and that's because of it. We'll get to San Francisco in a minute. So what happened is, is I was sitting there in I'd already got the course, and it was for um, digital photography. So it's still in the digital medium, but I was going to do photography. I love the philosophy side of it. That's what I was going to do. But what happened is, is that Huddersfield University really needed to, uh, it's called, I can't remember, they needed um, They needed the, the the course okaying as quickly as possible, otherwise it won't get the government money to, to run the course until the year after. So what they did is instantly sent all these flyers out to all the colleges they could do in the country to try and get people to join so they could get the course up and running. And um, I was sitting there, already had a course. It was the end of the term. Uh, we were actually sitting in a photography uh, lecture and we were just loafing around, you know. And, and um, the lecturer came up to me and says, oh, Paul, you like digital. Remember that that um, CD you did? I says, oh, yeah, yeah, let me have a look, because I oh, have a look at this. So what I did is I already had, if you don't know in this country, this country you have letters uh, you have to write. I don't know if you have to do it now, but what you do, you have to write your own uh, recommendation to the university. And if you don't write it in straight lines and looking all neat and tidy, they won't accept you. So you have to sit there for hours writing this stuff out. So i and then you're allowed to kind of t- um, paste it in. Anyway, so I've done all this, et cetera, et cetera. And then um, he chucked this thing out because, oh, fill so I just filled it in with a pen. You're not meant to, it's meant to look neat and tidy because I wasn't bothered. So I just went like, oh, yeah, yeah, let's just do it. Anyway, they rang me up the next day I says, hold on a minute. I only sent it you yesterday. Oh, we don't like people to get away from our university. So I went went up there and they offered me the place straight away. And because I seen it was all new and all the new studios, all the big, massive Apple Macs and all these big, massive machines that I've never been able to touch before, I went, yeah, right, this is for me. So I did it. So that's me at university. and That's my first now step into the career. And what I started working from as soon as I joined university, because I was already using the um, equipment to design. So, so, you know, I became my career started at university doing 3D. I absolutely love doing 3D. So, and also for a first, I was one of the first people on the internet globally to build a 3D interface, a true 3D interface on a 56K, 12, 26K, 58K modem downloaded. <laughs> I would never, never show it you now. I have it in my head and I think I've got it somewhere, but I wouldn't show it you. And how I did it is I used um, Flash and Swift yeah. 3D. Yeah. So when I used that, and I'd done it, my show rear was all this, uh, I did, I liked, for some reason, I liked to do architecture visualisation. I don't know whether it's because I'm a bit anal, so I like all these kind of <laughs> square boxes and whatever. So I really enjoyed it, and I was headhunted in, so my year off, remembering I'm an adult, so I forget to tell my age now, I've got to tell my age, I'm, in with, I'm 30, I've got two kids, they were not happy that I, I, I left because I stayed, and I'm going to explain this to people. I stay completely focused. I haven't got enough to be looking after the kids. I'm not a rich man. I can own, I'm can. i living on a grant. You know what I mean? I, I haven't got other things coming out. I have no other support. You know, my dad's in prison. Uh, my mum, I'm not talking to her because of the stuff that she did. You know, I've got no one. And I tell you who helped me, I had two mates that gave me cash. One of them was Nick Lewis and one of them was... Richard Chamberlain, and they kind of supported me to get me up there and pay the first bit of rent to kind of keep me up there. Anyway, so, yes, so that was interesting because I'd gone, and I now I'm going to tell you another few truths. So when I was in the 80s, I was a football hooligan. So I'm going to make this very plain how I grew up. Um, I was bullied all the way through school. Uh, I am mixed race. You can probably see from the tan that I have now. And I've been bullied. My mum lived in other areas that were not where my dad lives. My dad and my cousins are all black, so I, I'm I feel quite comfortable there. But we would go out into all the villages, and I would end up um, getting a lot of racism, a lot, of, a lot uh, being bullied. So I'm gonna. I have generally got harder and harder and harder. I don't take shit. Um, I don't bullshit, and I won't bullshit anyone, and I won't lie, and I don't expect anyone to do it to me. Um So as I said, is is I kind of my background started off like that and i'm going to paint a real good picture one of the big reasons that i went college as well so so first of all i did that then i was uh when I, I was well involved in the acid house days i was well involved in dance music as it all spread out that's a different story if anyone wants to know about how that happened and football doesn't start stopped in the 80s and 90s i can tell you that but that's a different podcast <laughs> anyway so so as i said is, is that as things went on I, because i was bullied so much i became the product of society, and that product of society was, if you talk to me and you talk to me wrong, there's there's, there's trouble. I'm not so bad now, but as a kid I was. Um, generally, and and but it, we're going to bounce back a bit. So, I also worked as an archaeologist for two years, three years. So I got a job as an excavator, um, and this was for a. So after the YTS, um, they had a job, a job what's my, I'm, I'm trying to get there I'm trying to get there <laughs> Stefan this might be a bit yeah,
0: my, my mind goes to okay and how on earth did you get into the stuff that you're doing right now you know like yeah
1: so because if it wasn't for I used to count my dad's money yeah so I was counting 80 to hundred thousand pounds a week and because I when he got put in prison, and I hadn't been put in prison and realized that if I can help my dad run a hundred thousand pound a week business, why am I sitting here doing this? And I'd also, when I was an archeologist have met people that, so I put everyone on this, this big pedestal that had been yeah, yeah, yeah. not realizing that all human beings are human beings. Most of them are idiots. So when I started working in archeology, I met all these university students that I would have never met before. And realized, hold on a minute, they're not special. I can do this. And then as I worked for my dad counting his money and whatever else, is I also realised, hold on, and I was keeping it in here. I wasn't using a calculator. No nope, no money machine. I wouldn't keep the names in paper because it's very dangerous. Because mm-hmm. that's how I get arrested. So I then I learned that I could run a £100,000 a week business. So as soon as I knew that, I changed my course. So I stopped being this dormant cum uh, big respected person, Leicester. Everyone knows Clegg in Leicester. Um, it was quite difficult to leave that. Let me tell you because uh, I didn't, I didn't get any shit from anyone, and everyone let me in places. It's mm. poor. Oh, oh. anyway, it's, I didn't like it. Um, I don't like it now, but it's the way it was. So anyway, so as I said, is is that when I got to, so I decided from then to go to college, get that college done. I'm skint anyway. I might as well go uni. If I'm skint, I might as well do uni. And in this country, which is a brilliant thing about this country, is that I know it's a before it wasn't alone, but it makes a difference. Other countries won't let you. America, if you're a, a person of colour, you're not going uni if you've got no money. Mm. Even if you're if you're Caucasian, you're not going uni with no money because you don't get you. you you've got scholarships are very very far 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 away from people. Luckily, in this country. Whoever you are, you can apply to go to university, and then get obviously you get the grants. Obviously, you end up thirty thousand pound in debt. But hold on a minute, thirty thousand pound in debt for me was better than twenty years in prison. So then I went, and then uh, I went to uni. Then, but I had a weird mentality where I was still a street man. They call them road men. so I was still working street. You know, like doing uh, work in grey areas, whatever. But when I got to uni. I didn't sleep for three months. I was that worried I was going to fail because I don't like to fail. And just so you know as well is that my family is kind of a bit of well-known for failing a bit. And what's got me to realise that I could do all this, I gave up smoking when I was 25. And I absolutely love smoking cigarettes. But because everyone was giving me cigarettes left, right and centre, I was getting bad throats and whatever, and I didn't like Mm -hmm. it that way and i gave up and i realized hold on this is addictive as heroin i can do what i want so anyone who gives up smoke needs to realize that it's addictive as heroin and take it as a bonus you might go back because it's that addictive but look at yourself and say hold on a minute i've just done that but it's one of the hardest things to do same as mm. giving up drink you know anyway so got to um so let's get to San Francisco. So I got to San Francisco, got headhunted to do be an architecture visualizationist, uh, and um, did a lot of work in San Francisco for that. Do you need me to jump forward anyway now? <laughs>
0: I'm just I'm just trying to make sense of it all. But yeah, getting how did you get to San Francisco? I think is also another story. <laughs> but let, let's with all of this that you've told right now, like how did it? Come about that you created all of these products? Is that like part of it? Is that like how you build your empire, which you have right now? And with all of this experience, how easy or difficult was it to create this kind of an empire that you have right now?
1: I, I, I'm not liked by any. I, I'm not liked by anyone uh, who's into institutionalized or is, it has a class-based system that feel they are above me. So I don't get on with anyone in corporate. So what happens is, is they get me into corporate and they think because of the way I speak and the way that I am, because I'm a big guy, I'm mm. six foot tall, and I, and I train. So I'm, I'm, they call it here built like a brick shit house. So mm. I train. It's one of the reasons I did fit expert. But anyway so people think i'm stupid because of a size what they'll do is they'll get me in and then they they, they think that they've got everything for me i'll give you an example i don't even name names it rakatan so i was at rakatan and i was brought in at fit another uh, one i've worked at fitbug fits me and now i've made my own fit expert so yeah. it's it a size recommendation tool they had what they used to do is a manufacturing um uh, product it was robots and these robots you can go his name's Hakey Heldra and you can have a look at me and you can see on YouTube and they were these robots that would come out and they were because what was happening in is that when all these clothes come back from China half of them are not the right size hmm. so they're an inch or two inches out hold on they're meant to be exactly 34 36 is that's how we work here so and also by the way no one's in an exact size in the world and we've been using the same size system since the 1800s just so you know, so we needed changing, so anyway, so I was brought in to change that from an app from a manufacturing product to a SaaS product. And I'd already worked with the guy that brought me in because I would built one of the first. Do you know the media walls? Do you know the uh, on shops where you see the media walls on something like their You're in Belgium, so you know their camp. Uh... Am I saying it right? where camp, bear camp, the catalogue people? Uh,
0: yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm they're not sure. used to
1: be a big catalogue that used to be posted through the door in Belgium and Holland. And now mm-hmm. they're online.
0: That's, that's, yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah,
1: anyway, okay. well, I worked for that. I, I built their media waters. But anyway, yeah. so I was I innovated a media walls. was only two the people. So what happens is you ingest it from social media and the thing is, is social media has lots of different rules for Twitter. And what happens is we have to automate it. So me and this guy, we, um, he was the VP. I designed it so we could ingest all the social media, put them up, design the media walls so that it meant that people were told, well, are we allowed to use it? Yes, we are. And it can be all automated. I did that. So I was taken from there, then moved into this next, into the fit um, fits me to change that from a road of SaaS products, sorry, from a manufacturer into a SaaS product. So I came in and I already knew five, 10, I already know five, 10 years down the line. So I know what's going on. As soon as you tell me, my head's going, I'll dream it. I will just think, 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 think. And I already know, because I love it so much. I read wide all the time and I'm always on here um, looking at new stuff. Um, So what I did is I did the first step of what I wanted to do then i did the second step of what i wanted to do within within what i was doing um, and i worked with certain people while doing this and uh, what they did they thought they had everything so what they started doing was bullying me so what they they brought this woman that uh, was from so the guy had to leave the guy that had been my boss vp so and then brought this woman from finance to be a vp of product she'd never done it before Hmm. And this has happened hundreds of times. And she thought she was a designer. Remembering, I'm running a design team. So she starts putting things in, sly, and then doing 3D meetings with companies that she shouldn't be doing. And this happens all the time to me. So mm. what they, do, they kind of bully me, and then they start, like, putting me into meetings and stuff. So, well, Paul, why, what, why, why are you being so – and what she did, the first thing she did – and this is racist, by the way, and a lot of this happens. I'm scared of Paul. That's what she did in the first meeting she went to. I'm scared of Paul. So all the time through my career, I've had to battle all the way through because idiots keep telling me or they feel they're better than me because of their class or their social standing and because of my voice. So what I have to do, I have to be 20 times better than anyone else around me. They can bring designers in. Two weeks, I'll be better than the designer you've got next to me. And I'll have innovated more than he was. So what's always happened is with me is they kind of try and box me in, and then try and use me as some light, so they can go off and it's that. What they did is they would go off and take my stuff, and then rather than let, let allow me to present it, I can show you stuff on YouTube on uh, the BBC business that is my product I designed, and someone else is explaining it. Oh, Anyway, so that's how hard it's been for me all the way through. So what I then decided is that, my gosh, so first and foremost, I believe, because we're getting close now, is I believe that AR is the future. That What they're doing now is they're keeping AR back because there is no need for you to have a computer. There's no need for you to have a phone. There's no need for you to have anything but AR pair of glasses and a, and a hard drive and a big um uh, thing in there big wi-fi thing there and it hooks up that's if you've seen a non that's what's coming that is the next thing don't be buying brand new big phones all these fold-out phones are only for now they're just to make these companies thousands of pounds as soon as the glasses come out with a pack and then and i'll innovate it for you because i've just told you what to do as you can see big pack here pair of pair of glasses you don't the glasses doesn't need the technology, you just need to receive it. So, and that's the big thing now. So, what I did as well is I then, I've for me, is a natural progression for what I'm doing will be AR. That is mm-hmm. it. Forget all electronic. And it, why do you need a monitor? Why do you need these speakers? Why do you need any of this? Then we're in the simulation world anyway then. So, but anyway, so that's what, because everyone was always battering me down, battering me back down. It, it, it was affecting my health. It affects my family life because of the way that they are. These, these are these people. Yeah, I can say that I, ca- I'm dead straight. So if you're straight with me, then fair enough. You know, you don't. There's, there's no. I, I don't go behind your back and talk about you. I had one place where where the where the woman took them all out. Her name's uh, what's her name? Kim, Kim something. Anyway, and she took them all out. And started slagging me off in a pub when I weren't there to my colleagues. Unbelievable. And the times have had this. So anyway, I decided to go out and say, right, I'm going to do my stuff and see if I can have a go on it. So the, if with some of my ideas, they're too big. So as I said, the AR interface, whatever, I have to get a company where I can go, Samsung, I've got an idea. They're not going to take me on because, again, I don't have the right tie. And, the, and this is what I'm telling you about how the business has changed. Because the business now is about bullshitters and idiots and sociopaths. It's not about me. It's not about you and how good you are, what you can bring to the table. It's about them stealing off you and then them using it and then pretending they're good. That's why none of these when these Google places and they buy all this stuff and they buy these small companies, why do you think 99% of them die? It's not because they're shit It's because they were put into the hands of people that don't know anything about how to do it. They pretend
0: so paul if if you say this like what what do you implement in your own business to make sure that you stay on on track of your own values of your own way of doing things
1: remember what san francisco was like and the beginning of the, the beginning of this whole business this wasn't mm-hmm. like this the idiots the idiots will follow the money you t- I'll, t- I'll give you an example of how, how bad this is you can go. So I will get. I went for a freelance job with uh, AA. So just to get money in, so I can move this forward. So what I'm doing is this is all self finance. I'm still not a rich man, so I've got to find this wherever I can. Grants, whatever. I did have a bit of money at first, but as it's gone on and things happen, um mm. it's got more and more difficult, so I have to go back to work. So you've seen my portfolio. It's brilliant. You know, I, I, you know i've innovated here there, and everywhere i've, I've worked at lots of places wherever. anyway and this happens a lot as well so i, I went for a job at, at the aa massive here i don't you don't have to have them in belgium but they're massive here um they're at the auto whatever it's insurance yeah stuff. Yeah, yeah so anyway so i went for a job there and i uh, didn't kind of oh no no paul they don't think you're good enough oh, hold on a minute they're the aa me not good enough so i went on to linkedin I, and what happened is the guy had looked at my uh, looked at my profile. So what I then did is go and have a look at his profile. Do you know what he'd done? He'd done a six week course in UX and UI, and they let him look at my work and tell me whether I was good or not. He was shit. I looked at his portfolio. I wouldn't, I, wouldn't even, I wouldn't have even opened his CV. I would have looked at that and gone, no, nah, he ain't getting a job. And this is where that's why interfaces and stuff is breaking down because these are the people that are now doing the jobs because what they will do, and I can't remember who the guy is, but he says idiots will always employ idiots. So if you've got an idiot CEO, he will employ another, idiots, he'll employ another idiot and another idiot because they don't want to be found out. So how i'm doing it is is i'm doing badly because uh, i had two colleagues um, that i work with that have had to leave one was a financial officer and one for marketing because they wouldn't take um, my leadership hold on good or bad it's on me as the founder and ceo to take my leadership i'd work with these guys and got on with them gone out with drinks and meals Whatever one of them, by the way, now we're good friends, we've decided it's best not to work. But the other one,
0: mm-hmm.
1: don't I think what happened was is, and this is what another thing that you have on here is there is startup people and there's not startup people. Startup people are doers, mm-hmm. corporate people are not doers, they pass it on, they move it down, and they their whole job is trying not to do a job. So, would, when you,
0: you, rather, would you rather work with? New people that never went into corporate to build a business.
1: That's I've got two people now that I work with. Uh, a uh, Susie, who is my director of uh, fitness experience. Now I've got N- Nagora, who's the head of marketing. And I've never met them before. I met them through other people. They started. Um, they started with me, and uh, we, we get on really, really well. At the, they put up with my uh, sometimes aggression. Uh, but they understand why I might be a little angry because I've had two two sets of development teams that have lied to me when the pandemic hit. So I've lost yeah, yeah. in development because um, they um, one the first team I had really good. We got the beta; they were good. I'm not saying really good. Yeah. What I could afford, we got the beta done. So I have a beta a fit expert. I've just turned it off because it's not what it should be. It's not what I want. So it's not what the public one the beta was there for me to learn what i needed to do to give to the clients for us to be mm-hmm. number one and also uh, to produce a usp so you know again with um fit expert i was two years ahead with the idea so the reason that fit experts so maybe we start with fit expert quickly because you're going to run out of time right so fit expert might be good place let's forget that a bit. push that let's talk fit expert so well, I,
0: want trying... people, I, I want to know, like, the, the whole point here of the podcast is... is oh, sorry. Basically, like, how oh, did yes, you scale yes. the company? Like, how, if you onboard those people and it went wrong, how did it went wrong and, and what can you yeah. do in the future to to mitigate that, to, to make sure that you can keep scaling without things breaking down in that way? It, you've got
1: to interview everyone, even if it's your mum. Yeah because if you don't because that's what i did as well i brought my brother on and i should have interviewed him and if i'd interviewed him i would have known he was wasn't right for what i wanted him for
0: yeah
1: and it's the same with everyone um, same um with me i kind of said no to interviewing um the other the financial officer that we had because i'd worked with him but i'd worked in a different department so i didn't know wow. how he worked and i thought oh he's just a mate i've had beer with the new bureau. no it was all about pushing work off to other people or, mm. or complaining about. Hold on a minute. I'm giving you. I'm giving you a sh- stake. So, so at the moment, because of the work that I've done, the company is worth 1.4 million. It's, it's worth nothing to until someone. It's worth something to something that. What's the, for, from Cedar and Cedar can Cedar calculations? We're worth about 1.4, 1.6 mil because of all the work I've put in, everything, I've etc., etc. Cetera, et cetera. Now, I the percentage that I give people and then the KPIs I set is very good for you to get when we get this investment or when we sell. So mm-hmm. it's quite good. So so to think just because you're not getting a wage doesn't mean that you're not meant to do the work. And what it is as well is that because a startup will bounce like that. One minute it's great, next minute you've got the next problem you've got to, you've got to fix etc cetera, etc. Cetera. It's it's not like a corporation where yeah, the wheels are kind of moving all the time. You know what I mean? They're never going forward. They're, they're actually mm. just doing that all the time, you know. But that's the type of thing that they're used to, whereas with a startup, you're going to get people lose their temper. You're going to get um, yeah. things um, stop working. You know, like, you're going to get the dev team. We were in a bloody pandemic. We The guys that built it, what I didn't know, we had a real good development team. The guys that built the beta, I didn't know had left. And the guy was still carrying on, although they had left and pretending that he was working on the project. He'd given me a junior, um, <coughs> a woman that never done testing and a junior PHP developer. Yeah. And, and then what he would do is, by the, when it got to the end of the sprint, he would jump on the guy, the, the, the head, and try and fix everything in three days. And then try and blame me for it. i oh, get lost. You know what I mean? I'd it's rather really be bad. at all. So after having such a good, good relationship with him and tell him, look, you get this done, we're going to move forward. No, I'm a brilliant salesman, you know, and also very trustworthy. If I tell you I'm going to give you 15% of this, this company when I don't care, if someone walks in for a billion and says we're going to give you a billion, your 15% is you're still your 15%. Mm. My word's my bond, even if I haven't written it down, I will still give it you, even if it's bad on me. I, the times, my mates turn around, why would you do it, Paul? You're you forever losing. I said, because I've said it's my word. The times mm. I've lost out because of my word and I shouldn't be doing anything. But anyway, so the best thing I can say is do not let these things put you off. There's idiots in the world and they're going to knock you and they're going to put and they're going to torture you like you're an idiot and try and put you down because they don't want you to be where you are. They don't want you to be doing what you're doing. They don't want you to be a success. So Do not have them in your company. As soon as that start, as soon as you start seeing it, they're not working. You're not working on a level playing field and everyone's. Because I like flat management. The only time you see me is if you're uh, constantly late. Well, I don't care about late. If you're doing like America, if you come in at ten and you leave at nine, fair enough, you've done your hours. Just come in and do your core stuff. But um, as I said, is is that I I quite enjoy. So when as this is a good example. As a freelancer, I do. I've got companies here, and I'm a founder. Do you know why? When I when hurts come in touch with me or the freelancer, look. We only, uh, other companies for freelancing, look, we only want you in to do a bit of design, a bit of UX and a bit of UI. And we can see how fast you are. You are you right to come and do that? Yeah. If you're not, I, I don't, I, I want this amount of money. If I'm not managing, I'll drop the money, whatever. Go in. But all I do is just design. And I get managed. I quite like it because it goes to show me either how good a manager I am or how bad a manager I am. You know, and how I work and how I don't work. And, and also it gives me that opportunity to keep leveled, you know, keep on that base where everyone is. You know, we're all together and kind of not because that's why we work folded. I could t- if you look at my if you look at my posts, you will see that I told you we work was going to fail three or four years ago. Because it was full of idiots with their heads up their own arses, thinking they're great because they've got angel investment. They don't talk to each other. They just give each other dirty looks. How is that all of you being put, um, um, you know, put <laughs> and the idea is, is to put a trendy building together with a canteen in it and a, and a few meeting rooms will make people uh, work together. We were no, you know, billion, What is it 47 billion pounds? It's lost.
0: I have no idea, but yeah, but I I get what you're saying is like people shouldn't start businesses, first of all, because they would get money from investors. They should go into business because it's in them, right? Yes. And if you start start a business, you need people around you, and this is what I see a lot, is they need to be aligned with you. You need to know, first of all, how you work. And then you can bring on people that can work alongside you, that are aligned with you, how you work, so you can make it work. And you interview them, you interview them on personality, not only on skill, but you need to put together a team that actually wants the same kind of idea that you want. Not because there's money involved, but because they have the same kind of purpose, even a vision if you want to, you know yes that's what works if you really want to build a business from the ground up i've
1: got one developer because um i didn't have enough investment before christmas and i managed to get a little bit of investment in he worked for free Mm. that's what i'm talking about exactly you know that's love of the product and knowing that the product and also trusting me as a person Mm you to take that forward and um, because being a founder is not like being a manager, it's not like being a CEO. Because it's your baby, you, and yep. what you work out is that you're alone. You have, there's no one else there. Yep. I, I didn't realize before until now it's a very lonely position to be in. Because what you can't do is start telling people all the issues that are going on. Because all you're really doing mm-hmm. is confusing them, moving them away from what they should be doing. Mm-hmm. Really, it's really, really every obviously I have to tell my directors at some point an investor this is what's happening this is why we're here whatever but i i always if you can start with a negative and end up with even if a positive a positive is still saying look we're closing it down and we're going to try something else that is still a positive never think that's a negative that is a positive because you've learned yeah. something from that exactly. you know you've moved on but you've got to remember when that point is at this moment for me with fit expert i we did we did the, so Let's start now. I believe in user-centered design. Business is secondary. The business need will come from what the user wants. Now, that might sound a very, very simple statement. Anyone who's on this podcast, turn around and tell your CEO or anyone else, your boss, whatever else, that's what you want to do. And they will say, oh, yeah, 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 until you start to do it. And they'll go, no, no, no. And they'll start pushing stuff on you. And they'll mm-hmm. start designing it for you. We want this. We want that. No, my job as a user centered designer (UX and UI) is to massage those business needs into what the user wants,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then disguise that need. So I will disguise what the well, well uh, say I'm trying to think of an example of what what a, a need is. Um, Saying they want to put something up by by um, the business needs to put it up by four pounds. Whatever we've got to justify that, so for that, I've got to then justify it by designing something that's pretty simple to design but gives the user something that's worth the four pound we need to move it forward. Yeah, and it's um, and with with and it's so the they're some of the biggest arguments I have is because I've always think use because I've been a user for years since the very beginning of um doing DOS. You know, C plus <laughs> plus having to do DOS because I was on a piece on a on a um, three three eight six. I and mean, if you remember three eight six, they're not capable mm-hmm. of computers yeah. forever in DOS, having to write DOS to get stuff to work, you know, when it crashes. But yeah, so so I know that you're you're kind of running so what what have I kind of learned most out of this all? Because I'm still going, um, is Believe completely I know everyone says this, and it's very, very difficult for you to do it, is to believe in yourself. I know everyone keeps saying it, but you've got to be pig headed and don't let the the noise around you put you off. Even when you're at your lowest point, I've had 30 pounds in the bank. And all I did was was work out how I'm gonna get out of it. So I didn't put <laughs> the engine to cry. Oh God, God, I've got pounds. Yeah. What I did is I worked out, I go, right, let me get out of this. So and that's what. You—that's what gives you those benefits, those those adorphins, that excitement to, to get it done and move it forward, and believe in what. If you've got a shit product, r- straight away stop. You know what I mean? Just if someone, if you, if you, if you've got it in the back of your mind that the product shit, or someone else um, it is not better, or has already done it better than you, then no, because that's a bit different. No, if it's if it's not if it's not what the user wants or the market wants, you've got to know and you've got to stop. But if you know it's like... And I'm going to use an example of Gymshark. What is Gymshark? Gym and also, by the way, Fitbook. When I worked at Fitbook, Fitbook was one of the first pedometer makers in the world. When I first... Uh, if anyone doesn't know what a pedometer is, it counts your steps. So what it's, it's like... Um, so Fitbook was the same as Fitbit. Fitbit came out three, four years later, just so you know. Because I watched this all unfold so i'm there with this guy that's done it he's 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 all over the world ces and whatever's the number one guy for pedometers to talk to about walking and how to stay fit while walking so while he's doing all this he's bought the portion he's spending this money in this big office and that money and whatever else and he's not not really keeping his eye on the ball especially for users fitbit did this Really, really slowly. And what they did is they looked at their competitors. And just so you know, a friend of mine called Hakey uh, Heldrop. he might be good to get on your podcast, and there's a lot more than me about startups, is he always, always told me never worry about competitors. Competitors are good because it means you don't have to explain so much about what you do. All you have to do is just be the best. Mm-hmm. So what I've done with mine, seeing so, you know, it's the same as, um, as I said, with Fitbit, they took off. Um, they're now number one. Where's Fitbook? Probably five employees somewhere, and he's he's got no money from it. And he could have been number one, but he just wanted to buy the Porsche and think he was great and whatever else. Mm-hmm. So, so this is the, that that's te- you've got to always think that you're second, and you want to be number one. That's probably the best thing to how to put it. The underdog position. Yes, always. So, and that's what I mean about Jim Shark. When I bring Jim in, was he sold it for a billion? that young guy did. Um, I don't know if you know about this, but I think he just sold it for one billion. He's no different to, his basic business is no different to all these other businesses. But what he did is he listened to the users and gave the users what they wanted. And he moved with what that trend was. So that's why he sold it for a billion. And I'll tell you now, watch it very carefully because I bet they fuck it up. <laughs> After got, because I'll give you an example of it. Netta Porter. Netta Porter was number one in delivering expensive clothing. It was bought by an investment. Ah, I knew that this would be good as two here. So we have Superdry, who's dropped like a stone. Their yeah. f- shop was asked to leave because an investment company came in and got rid of him. Netta Porter, investment company came in. Uh, what's it called? Investment. Well, I'm trying to think what they are called. Hedge fund people. Hedge fund investors came in bought that did exactly the same. got rid of her they dropped he came in with these ideas about um using the same type of thing as asos hold on no not for a pair of jeans for a thousand pounds you not <laughs> so, so so this is kind of what happens and when this and i've been told i've, I've got a bet with the person but when when the angel investor comes in and goes well sorry that the fate um, at uh, series a comes in and goes here's 20 million quid paul um I'm gonna turn around and go straight away, oh yeah, you can do what you want. I'm gonna bend over the desk. Here's the oil. You know what I mean? No, I'm not for twenty million pounds, and I'm not gonna do it for one billion pounds. What I'm going and what I want to do is prove to people this whole thing is to prove to people that we can build something together, be creative. Then this might be a little takeaway for you as well. The internet is still one of the only places that you can build a product with no money and sell it and make money. You use this, that's all you need. You need nothing else, but you need the, the tools on here. And it's still the only industry that you need no money or very little money to get an idea and put the idea up. Absolutely. I'm you know? And, but that is changing. So we need to watch that as well because they're trying their hardest to change that. You know, They don't want little small companies anymore making money. This is why they swallow them up so quick. Um, when I was at Rakuten, um, the three companies they swallowed up they're, they're not companies anymore, they've just been swallowed into Rakata. Hmm. And they're nowhere near as good as, or inventive or creative as they were.
0: Yeah. So, Paul, I get out of this because we're we coming to an end. And I love that you keep going and that you keep telling your stories. And you can tell lots of stories, I'm pretty sure. But my biggest takeaway is really to believe in yourself. Right? Yes. And to Don't go let off. anyone
1: knock you back. Don't let any. You've got to be. You've got to be blinkered. Your family's going to do it. Every single person. i have a devil around you all the time. Even you. Even yourself. You're going to doubt yourself. Yeah. But you yeah. have to have this other side of brain goes fuck everyone. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. If it kills me, I'm doing this.
0: And that you know? that will get you much farther than anything else. So I love that so Uh, Paul.
1: the thing is is, even if you fail you've learned so you've not lost anything you've still gained yeah exactly you 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 think you're a failure you've not been a failure because you because you've gone out and tried to start a business what you did is you learned something and then learn from where that failure came from and try again this is not my first I i was working on a MySpace. Facebook before MySpace or Facebook. I couldn't sell it because of who I was. I was ringing up yeah. London, all these agencies in London. Where are you from? Well, I live up in Leicester. I've built most of it. Um, what it's for is for bands and DJs and people to get on. Oh, we don't want you. but You don't work in London. Do you? I'll say,
0: yeah.
1: And they could have had MySpace two years or, or Facebook two years before.
0: So far. <laughs> Let's end off like yes. telling people where they can find you who are more specifically fit expert.
1: So we are, what I would, I would suggest that um, we are, so what we did is that this is a, uh, we did the beta. We learned a lot from the beta. So I took the decision to take it down. We could have left it up, but what I would have done is I would have lost users. I don't like to lose users at the beginning because they'll never come back. I'd rather mm-hmm. take it down uh take the take um learn the takeaways which there are a lot um, and <laughs> yeah. those takeaways i'm now rebuilding what's happening is is the mark there's more competitors in the market but they haven't learned what i've learned and then they've not stopped so they yeah. don't know what i know so i'm now building a new usp because what had happened is well anyway just learn learn yeah. and design the shit out of it and move forward that's what i'm trying to say. Yeah. Never, so- never, <laughs> You can't design yourself around and use this. Yeah,
0: great. So people can go here.
1: Yeah,
0: right. In a couple of weeks
1: time, I'd say. In we'll be back. Middle of a Sorry, middle of May, we'll be back.
0: Great, great. And then, if anyone
1: wants to kind of see my weirdness when it comes to my posts, because you know my posts are very straight. <laughs> as well, you can go on LinkedIn. If you, want, uh, uh, if you want to see someone, they'll make you smile. They might make you mad. Uh, but also, um, I, I'm i not on LinkedIn, by the way, for some boss to come and look at me and say, oh, isn't he this and isn't he that, and put bullshit on LinkedIn. No, LinkedIn didn't used to be like that.
0: You know what? Let, let's let's reconnect when FedEx yes. launched again, Paul, because oh, I really yeah. want to keep this conversation going. But... I feel like that we need at least half a day to keep going with all the studies that you. I
1: haven't told you about um, doing uh, computer forensics first for a for a riot in San Francisco. That's a new one. I won't. I won't tell you. Oh or, or, or the um, heroin addict and crack addict that I work with that used to go into the toilet to do it, but then come out and try and do flash programming or said like that. I've got. If you ever want little happy kind of story oh, we, have
0: to, we, have, we oh. have to end here
1: <laughs> bye. thank you everybody and thank you Stefan for listening sorry no to be disjointed and um, I'll Stefan for sure and we'll, we'll okay. catch so up I mate. hope everyone gets a lot from it
0: thanks for listening thanks for watching we'll see each other on another one thank you guys yes. thanks mate bye bye